afternoon and welcome to Letter to Philippi Live, our daily teaching broadcast as we go through Paul's letter to Philippi, also known as the Book of Philippians. And we will be uh, looking today at uh, Philippians 3, 9 through 11, continuing the section on the cost of knowing the Messiah. We looked at verses 7 through 8 yesterday, and now we'll conclude this section with verses 9 through 11 today as we continue uh, looking at the cost of Paul's talking about the cost of knowing the Messiah for the people in Philippi and for us by example to understand the cost of knowing the Messiah, what we need to live for, what we need to be willing to give up for knowing him and knowing the Messiah is greater than anything that we can, we can have in this world. Take another quick cup of So let's begin today with a word of opening prayer, and then we'll get into our setting. Oh Lord, you're good. We thank you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for the words of your righteous servant, Paul, that we can look at today. Help us, Lord, to, as he calls us, to become more and more and more in the Messiah each day. And help us to learn something new about you today that we can put into action in our life, that we can become more like you, who is our righteous Messiah. In whose holy name we pray. Amen. So again, welcome to Letter to Philippi Live. This is our daily broadcast going through the book of Philippians. Letter to Philippi, letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian community, encouraging them in their, in their faith. And for us as 21st century readers of this book, we too can look into how we can live our lives modeling the Messiah according to what we see from Rav Shoal here in his letter, The People of, of Philippi, his letter written around the 60s of the common era. So 1960 years ago is about when this letter was written, but still today, there's powerful teachings that, that Paul has here for us today, as he did for the people in Philippi over 1900 years ago. And first we're looking at, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, which reads, And be found in union with him, not having any righteousness of my own based on legalism, but having the righteousness which comes through the Messiah's faithfulness, the righteousness from God based on trust. Paul here states that the one thing of supreme value in his life rendering everything else worthless is knowing Yeshua and gaining the righteousness for God based on his trust in Yeshua and not in his human endeavors. It is by his union with the Messiah that he knows that he now has righteousness based on the Messiah's faithfulness. In his union with the Messiah, Paul knows that he has right standing before God, that it is a, an eternal state of being righteous before God based on the sacrifice of Yeshua, that his sinfulness was covered by the Messiah's sacrifice, eventual death, that in his connection with Messiah, he now knows life eternal, 
he now knows unending forgiveness of sins. Paul refers to himself in his letters as the chief of sinners, the greatest of sinners, because he himself persecuted the Messianic community and sent sent believers in Yeshua to their death. He saw himself as the greatest of sinners because he participated in this death of the fall of Yeshua. Even though he considered himself the greatest of sinners, he knew that he was also covered by the atonement of Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. He was now knew the righteousness of God. And it was not based on anything any effort of his part, but solely based on his faith trust. And he's calling the people of Philippi to understand that too. That is in their faith trust as they go from pagan Gentiles to righteous Gentiles. That their right standing before God, their assurance of forgiveness of sins is based solely in their faith trust in Yeshua. That whatever others other teachers, we said we looked at the earlier in this chapter, the false teachers coming to Philippi, of which there's a, a strong understanding that they were somehow were teaching the Gentiles in Philippi that they needed to convert to Judaism to be fully a part of the people of God. But Paul's making clear to them that they are fully right before God, they're fully incorporated into the family of God, into the people of God by their faith, trust in Yeshua alone that no effort on their part is necessary except for them to have the simple faith, trust in Yeshua. And as we'll see, their continuing actions continuing to be more and more like the Messiah to focus their whole lives on the centrality of Yeshua in their life. Paul expresses his hope in his union with the Messiah, given that Paul has been granted the righteousness of Messiah by his trust in Yeshua. So Paul can express his hope and compel it on to the people of Philippi, and that's by example, that he knows his atonement has been made by Messiah. He knows that Yeshua's death on the Roman cross was for him and then secured his place with God. His place with God was, was set by the example of the Messiah. The Messiah lived a complete life of Torah faithfulness. His life of Torah faithfulness and his atoning death covered all who put their faith in Yeshua. And Paul knew that, that he can have confidence and can compel confidence on the people of Philippi and us reading this letter over 1900 years later. Because of his faith, trust in Yeshua, he knew that for him and for all those who put their faith in Yeshua, that they will have life eternal, a complete covering over all sins, and complete right standing for God. God who is holy and their end is beyond all, has given to us in the Messiah, in the Messiah's death on our behalf, life eternal, and confidence that sin has been defeated in our lives, though we may continue in this life to sin. We know that the atonement has been made for us. We, sh we should 
continue to confess our sins and, and bring them before God. But we know that that forgiveness is available to us. That atonement is there because of the work of our righteous Messiah, Yeshua. Paul knows it is the righteous Messiah that made him right with God. Paul had found the Messiah, the one to bring redemption to Israel and the nations. Paul's life radically changed from being a persecutor of Yeshua and the Talmudim of Yeshua, the disciples of Yeshua, being a proclaimer of the Messiah, Yeshua, to the Gentile world. His union with Yeshua compelled Paul to devote the rest of his life to serving the Messiah. Let's read again this powerful thing, that this transformation in his life. Paul had found the Messiah. He found the Jewish Messiah. What to bring redemption to Israel and the nations. And Paul's whole life was radically changed from being a persecutor of Yeshua and his disciples to becoming the great proclaimer of the message of Yeshua to the Gentile world, the apostle of the Gentiles. This union with Yeshua compelled Paul to devote the rest of his life to serving the Messiah. His encounter with Yeshua caused him to understand that he had to live his whole life dedicated to the work of the Messiah. To those in Philippi who, who were, uh, to those in Philippi who taught that righteousness were God was through Torah observance, and and those who do today who teach the same, as we said that there's there's understanding that there was some some false teachers coming to Philippi, and and were teaching the, the Gentile Yeshua followers that they were incomplete in their salvation, incomplete in their status of the people of God, as just Gentiles renewed in faith as redeemed Gentiles, that they needed also be circumcised and to live their lives fully as Jews. So for those who, and Paul is clear that those who were redeemed Gentiles were fully part of the people of God, and that their faith in Yeshua brought them in and grafted them into the tree of Israel. And they were to come to God as Gentiles, to become righteous Gentiles. But these false teachers were saying that they were inadequate in their faith by not being also converts to Judaism. But Paul is saying to those people who, who said that then, those who say that today, to say that Gentile believers in Yeshua are inadequate in their faith and not fully part of the people of God. Paul says that is incorrect and stands against that. And Paul clarifies that right standing with God is solely in union with the Messiah. Righteousness for God, inclusion in the people of God, inclusion in the, the, the people of the God of Israel, is solely in union with the Messiah. Righteousness for God is only available through the atoning work of Yeshua, where he exchanged our sinfulness for his righteousness. So Paul is making clear that salvation is only through the work of Yeshua. And for these Gentiles in Philippi, their full connection to, their full atonement, their full righteousness, their full 
full connection to the God of Israel is by their faith trusting Yeshua. And they don't need to add anything to that. And Paul is saying, for those who put their faith trust in Yeshua, you are in, you are part of the people of God. Now, as ones who are part of the people of God, you need to live your lives to give glory to God and to live your lives to conform yourself to the image of Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. In Yeshua, God stepped into history and provided a way for final right standing for those who trust in Yeshua as Messiah and Lord, which we see in Jeremiah's prophecy in uh, Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6, where we read, The days are coming, says Adonai, when I will raise a righteous branch of David. He will reign as king and succeed. He will do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Yehuda will be saved. Israel will live in safety. And the name given in him will be Adonai, our righteousness. Paul is here is making sure, in his own experience, that the Philippians know the righteous of God is available only in Yeshua. Any effort of seeking righteousness before God outside of Yeshua falls short. In Romans, Paul spoke of the righteousness of the observant Jewish community, which we read in Romans 10. Brothers, my heart's deepest desire and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. For I can testify to their zeal for God, but it is not based on correct understanding. For since they are unaware of God's way of making people righteous, and instead seek to set up their own, they have not submitted themselves to God's way of making people righteous. For the goal at which the Torah aims is the Messiah who offers righteousness to everyone who trusts. Paul's point, Philippians 3.9, is that the only righteousness that he and the Philippians need is their trust in Yeshua, and not righteousness through their, their endeavors, even in the circumcision or other actions on their part. Paul here is making clear to the Philippians that their full connection to the God of Israel is based on their faith, trust in the Messiah that for them to fully be a part of the people of God, they come to God as righteous, as come to God in faith in the Messiah and become righteous Gentiles. They become redeemed from the nations by their faith trust in Yeshua. And Paul is also speaking of himself as an observant Jew, understanding that his life of Torah and life of observing Torah is an act of faithfulness to God, and not a way of earning salvation, but a way of living his life as a follower of that the, the Torah is the way of a life for a redeemed community. So as Paul continues to live his life as a Jew, as a follower of Yeshua the Messiah, his continuing acts of Torah observance is an act of him obeying and showing his love for God as we as we see in the words of our righteous Messiah Yeshua where he says that if you love me you'll keep my commandments and I will grant you the power of the spirit 
to fully live out my words. So we see that, that there, there is an understanding that Paul has here that righteousness comes only through Yeshua and only through the atonement that he made and that any actions on our part in observing Torah is, is a continuing act of obedience to God, not a way of earning salvation. That's one of the, the great uh, misunderstandings that many, many teachings on the Jewish people in among the different church communities and commentators, seeing that, that, that there is somehow in Judaism a sense of, of trying to earn your place with God by your works. But we see that Paul here is understanding as an observant Jew that his observance of Torah is an act of, of obedience to God and that his understanding of his standing before God is based on the Messiah's faithfulness, on the Messiah alone and his atoning death that brings life eternal to both him and to all who put their faith trust in Yeshua. In verse 10 we read, Yes, I gave it all up in order to know him. That is to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings as I am being conformed to his death. Paul reflects on what he gave up, as stated above, considering all that he had previously valued in his life, even his spectacular Jewish resume, to fully know Yeshua and to model himself like his Messiah. We can see here Paul, Paul acknowledging that in Yeshua, he has received what Moses and the other prophets had hoped for, the reality of intimately knowing God because of the work of, this, of Yeshua on his behalf. This reality included taking on suffering like his master, is in seeking to be more fully, more fully know Yeshua and experience the power of the resurrection life in Messiah that has become Paul's sole passion. Considering his Damascus Road experience, Paul's life is a continuing striving to conform himself to the Messiah, to gain the resurrection only Yeshua offered. So Paul here is, is, is making clear that, that everything that he had in his life, everything of great value, he was willing to lay aside for the knowledge of the Messiah to know Yeshua, to know the power of the resurrection, the surety of life now and the surety of life forever in Messiah, in the presence of the God of Israel, life eternal in the holiness of the Messiah, covered by the atoning work of the Messiah, covered by the blood of the Messiah, fully apart and fully atoned for. And Paul says in grasping this, he was willing to give everything and even just to suffer and even to be willing to give his life for the Messiah, which we know that not long after this letter is written, Paul would be executed under Roman Emperor Nero. But to know Yeshua, he's willing to give everything of value in his life 
and even to be to be to suffer and to die with his knowledge of the Messiah. That the, the knowledge of the Messiah, the knowledge of the power of his resurrection, the, the resurrection life that he acquired by his faith in Yeshua made him willing to give up everything and to even suffer and die for the Messiah. And he calls people to Philippi to so embrace the Messiah, so embrace their connection with Yeshua, that they too will be willing to lay down their lives for the Messiah, be willing to suffer for the Messiah, and if death is required, to be willing to lay down their lives for him. As we see that today, even today, throughout our world, there are many people, even today, who will, who will give their lives for the knowledge of Yeshua, for their connection to Yeshua, for their faith in Yeshua. They will lay down their lives. And Paul's calling people of Philippi and us to have that level of commitment, that willingness to embrace the Messiah so deeply that whatever persecution or even death is required of us. We are willing to give it all, to give all of our lives for the knowledge of the Messiah and to know that in him we have life eternal. So we'll be concluding today with uh, verse 11, which Paul says, so that somehow I might arrive at being resurrected from the dead. Paul here is not questioning his eternal destiny. This, as we talked, as we've seen in the previous verse, that he is assured of life eternal. He's assured that he knows the power of the resurrection. He knows the assurance of his salvation. He knows his assurance of his atonement. He's, he knows the assurance of life eternal in Messiah. But Paul here is stressing the importance of his continuing to strive to model Yeshua in his life, continuing each day to become more and more and more in the Messiah. And though he knows his eternal destiny is secure, though he knows that life eternal is awaiting him at the end of the line when his life comes to an end, Paul here knows that each day from his encounter of the Messiah until he takes his final breath, is becoming is to become more and more like the Messiah, more and more like his master, more and more in the image of the Son. And he is he's saying that this is a passion of his life, and he calls people to Philippi, and us to also understand that we need to focus our lives daily to become more and more and more in the Messiah and to understand. That that is what our life is about. It's our encounter with Yeshua compels us to live our lives, to glorify the God of Israel, and to model the, our righteous Messiah, to model his humility, to model his self-sacrifice. And Paul commends the same striving to the Philippians and us by example. Paul understood the goal of his life was the resurrection and eternal life with Yeshua. But he knew that until that day came, he was to continue to strive to be more and more and more in the Messiah. And he calls the Philippians and us by example 
to also focus that in our lives, that each day that we seek to become more like the Messiah, we seek to more model him in our world, in our world that gets darker and darker and in, and in sin each day, that we are to be lights in this dark world. We are to be ones who stand out as the Talmudim of Yeshua, that in our connection to Yeshua, people will know that we are lights in this dark world. And Paul calls the people of Philippi here to understand that their place in, in relation to God is secure, but their goal needs to be continuing to strive toward that des destiny, which is, which is truly there. And, and, but he calls them to continue to model their, their lives after the Messiah each day to live as redeemed Gentiles in this world and to live as followers of the God of Israel and to once model themselves after the Messiah of Israel and ordering their lives according to the scriptures of Israel. So Paul here concludes this section talking about the cost of the Messiah that he was willing to give up everything in his life, everything of value in his life, he was willing to consider worthless for the knowledge of the Messiah. Everything, everything of, of value in his life, he was willing to lay down for the knowledge of the Messiah. And even here he says that moving forward, he was willing to, to suffer and even to die for his faith in the Messiah. So he, and as he continues to strive to become more and more like the Messiah, more like his master. And he calls people of Philippi to understand that in their, their new life, in their new connection to the God of Israel, through their hearing the good news of the Messiah, they too must value their knowledge of the Messiah over anything else in their lives and to focus their lives to become more and more like the Messiah. There's a continuing journey of faith. Though their atonement is sure, their standing with God is, is sure, their faith trust has brought them into connection with the God of Israel and within the Commonwealth of Israel. They now are to continue to live their lives as redeemed Gentiles in a dark world and to stand as lights within the darkness and to stand as people who continue to seek to become more like the Messiah each day. So that will conclude our, our, our look at verses 7 through 11, which I call the cost of following the Messiah. And uh, tomorrow we'll get into the next section of the book, which I entitled The New Life in the Messiah, where Paul will continue to teach the people of Philippi, and us by example, what it means to become livers in the new life of Messiah, that what it means to be enlivened in the Messiah and be a part of the new life of the Messiah and what it means to fully live out the new life as followers of Yeshua. For this, for the Philippine community, which I said was mostly, mostly a non-Jewish, most, mostly a Gentile community, with some Jews who said that we do see in Acts 16 that there was a small Jewish community of which of which uh, Lydia, who was a member of that community, became one of the first leaders 
of the Messianic community. So Paul is bringing here with them to understand that they're now living a new life. They're, they're no longer living as pagan Gentiles in Philippi, but they're now living as followers of the God of Israel in Philippi. And they were to understand that they have entered a new life and they are to live in the light of the Messiah in their life each day. So we'll be looking at that tomorrow as we continue our study here. A Letter to Philippi Live. My name is Sean Imsley. I'm the founder of Letter to Philippi and the, your teacher. If you want any more information, you can go to our website, lettertophilippi.org. You can find previous message recordings, both audio and video. You can purchase a copy of my Messianic Commentary on Philippians on a Resources page, which is the basis for this class. You can leave a prayer request. I want to be praying for you. And we'll talk talk more about the importance of prayer when we get into chapter four of Philippians. If you'd like to uh, to uh, ask any questions, we have a contact form. We appreciate it if you be, if you make a contribution to the work of Letter Philippi. We're a nonprofit organization, and we appreciate it if you can make a one time or or even a monthly contribution to keep the work of of Letter Philippi going. Complete these teachings going, and also to expand on our work that we want to to move move out into into the community and bring the words that Paul has given the people of Philippi. And also to, to to expand on our work of building a 21st century Messianic Jewish theology that is firmly grounded in the scriptures of Israel and the traditions of the people of Israel and in the works of of the Basora, the works of the apostles of Yeshua, to build an understanding of what our faith is, what Messianic Judaism is in connection with with the scriptures and the traditions of our people as we continue to build and grow this work of living life following the Messiah of Israel as faithful Jews and faithful Gentiles following the God of Israel and building Messianic Judaism for, that will continue throughout the future as we continue to build this work to give honor to the God of Israel and to live as faithful Jews following the Messiah of Israel. So again, if you have any questions or or comments or want to leave a prayer request or make a contribution, just go to lettertophilippi.org. For those watching on Facebook and Twitter, there's the, the stream on the bottom, which, which has the website information. And uh, for those on, uh, on Instagram, we have uh, on our uh, profile page, we have the address. So again, this is Sean Imsley. This is Loaded Philippi Live, a continuing study Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And uh, we'll continue our study with Paul's letter to Philippi and see you tomorrow. So thank you for watching. We appreciate you watching and I uh, look forward to looking at Paul's next section of this, his letter, The New Life in Messiah and calling people of Philippi, and us by example, to fully embrace our new life, a life that we have in the Messiah of Israel. So thank you for watching. Have a great day, and shalom.